The Firework Maker's Daughter by Philip Pullman Chapter 1 A thousand miles ago, in a country east of the jungle and south of the mountains, there lived a firework maker called Laoshind and his daughter Leela. Laoshind's wife had died when Leela was young. The child was a cross little thing, always crying and refusing her food. But Laoshind built a cradle fur in the corner of the workshop where she could see the sparks play and listen to the fizz and crackle of the gunpowder. Once she was out of the cradle, she toddled around the workshop, laughing as the fire flared and the sparks danced. Many a time she burnt her little fingers, but Lolshan splashed water on them and kissed her better, and soon she was playing again. When she was old enough to learn, her father began to teach her the art of making fireworks. She began with little crackle dragons, six on a string. Then... She learned how to make leaping monkeys, golden sneezes and java lights. Soon she was making all the simple fireworks and thinking about more complicated ones. One day she said, Father, if I put some flowers of salt in a java light instead of cloud powder, what would happen? Try it and see, he said. So she did. Instead of burning with a steady green glimmer, it sprayed out wicked little sparks, each of which turned a somersault before going out. Not bad, Leela, said Lalshand. What are you going to call it? Um, tumbling demon, she said. Excellent. Make a dozen and we'll put them in the New Year Festival display. The tumbling demons were a great success and so were the shimmering coins that Leela had invented next. As time went on, she learned more and more of her father's art until one day she said, Am I a proper firework maker now? No, no, he said, by no means. You don't know the start of it. What are the ingredients of flyaway powder? I don't know. And where do you find thunder grains? I've never heard of thunder grains. How much scorpion oil do you put in a Krakatoa fountain? A teaspoonful? What? You blow the whole city up. You've got a lot to learn yet. Do you really want to be a firework maker, Leela? Of course I do. It's the only thing I want. I was afraid so, he said. It's my own fault. What was I thinking of? I should have sent you to my sister, Jembavati, to bring you up as a dancer. This is no place for a girl. Now I come to think of it. Just look at you. Your hair's a mess. Your fingers are burnt and stained with chemicals. Your eyebrows are scorched. How am I going to find a husband for you when you look like that? Leela was horrified. A husband? Well, of course. You don't imagine you can stay here forever, do you? They looked at each other as if they were strangers. Each one had quite the wrong idea about things, and they were both alarmed to find it out. So Leela said no more about being a firework maker, and Nulshind said no more about husbands but they both thought about them all the same. Now, the king of the country owned a white elephant, and it was the custom that whenever the king wanted to punish one of his courtiers, he would send him the white elephant as a present, and the expense of looking after that animal would ruin the poor man, because the white elephant had to sleep between silk sheets, enormous ones, and eat mango flake, the Turkish delight, tons of it, and have his tusks covered in gold leaf every morning, when the courtier had no more money left at all, the white elephant would be returned to the king ready for his next victim. Wherever the white elephant went, his personal servant had to go too. 
The serpent's name was Shulak. He was the same age as Leela. In fact, they were friends. Every afternoon, Shulak would take the white elephant out for his exercise because the elephant would go with no one else. And there was a reason for this. Shulak was the only person besides Leela who knew that the elephant could talk. One day, Leela went to visit Shulak and the white elephant. She arrived at the elephant house in time to hear the elephant master losing his temper. You horrible little boy, he roared. You've done it again, haven't you? Done what? said Shulak innocently. Look, said the elephant master, pointing with a quivering finger at the white elephant's snowy flanks. Written all over his side in charcoal and paint were dozens of slogans. Eat at the Golden Lantern. Bangkok Wanderers for the Cup. Star of India Tandoori House. And right at the very top of the white elephant's back in great big letters. Chang loves lotus blossom true. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Every day this elephant comes home with graffiti all over him, shouted the elephant master. Why don't you stop people doing it? I can't understand how it happens, master, said Shulak. Mind you, the traffic's awful. I've got to watch those rickshaw drivers like a hawk. I can't look out for graffiti artists as well. They just slap it up and run. But Chang Love's Lotus Blossom True must have taken a good ten minutes on a stepladder. Yeah, it's a mystery to me, master. Shall I clean it off? All of it. There's a job coming up in a day or two, and I want this animal clean. And the elephant master stormed off, leaving Shulak and Leela with the elephant. Hello, Hamlet, said Leela. Hello, Leela, said the elephant. Look at what this obnoxious brat has reduced me to, a walking billboard. Stop fussing, said Shulak. Look, we've got 18 rupees already, and 10 annas from the Tandoori house. And Chang gave me a whole rupee for letting him write that on top. We're nearly there, Hamlet. The shame, said Hamlet, shaking his great head. You mean you charge money to write on him, said Leela. Course, said Shulak. It's dead lucky to write your name on a white elephant. When we've got enough, we're going to run away. Trouble is, he's in love with the lady elephant at the zoo. You ought to see him blush when we go past, like a ton of strawberry ice cream. She's called Frangipani, said Hamlet, mournfully. But she won't even look at me. And now there's another job coming up, another poor man to bankrupt. Oh, I hate Turkish delight. I detest silk sheets and I loathe gold leaf on my tusks. I wish I was a normal, dull, grey elephant. No, you don't, said Shulak. We've got plans, Hamlet, remember? I'm teaching him to sing, Leela. We'll change his name to Luciano Elefanti and the world will be our oyster. But why are you looking so sad, Leela? said Hamlet as Shulak began to scrub him down. My father won't let tell me the final secret of firework making, said Leela. I've learned all there is to know about flyaway powder and thunder grains and scorpion oil and spark repellent and glimmer juice and salts of shadow. But there's something else I need to know, and he won't tell me. Tricky, said Shulak. Shall I ask him for you? Well, if you won't tell me, he certainly won't tell you, said Leela. He won't know he's doing it, said Shulak. You leave it to me. So that evening, after he'd settled Hamlet down for the night, 
Shulak called at the firework maker's workshop. It lay down a little winding alley full of crackling smells and pungent noises between the fried prawn stall and the batik painters. He found Lauchand in the courtyard under the warm stars, mixing, mixing up some red glow paste. Hello, Shulak, said Lauchand. I hear the white elephant's going to be presented to Lord Paratic tomorrow. How long do you think this money will last? A week, I reckon, said Shulak. Though you never know, we might run away before then. I've nearly enough to get us to India. I thought I might take up firework making when we got there. Nice trade. Nice trade, my foot, said Lauchand. Firework making is a sacred art. You need talent and dedication and the favour of the gods before you can become a firework maker. The only thing you're dedicated to is idleness, you scamp. How did you become a firework maker then? I was apprenticed to my father, and then I had to be tested to see whether I had the three gifts. Ah, oh, the three gifts, eh? said Shulak, who had no idea what the three gifts were. Probably Leela did, he thought. And did you have them? Of course I did. And that's it. Sounds easy. But I could pass that test. I've got a lot more gifts than three. That's not all, said Lalchand. Then came the most difficult and dangerous part of the whole apprenticeship. Every firework maker. And he lowered his voice and looked around to make sure no one was listening. Every firework maker has to travel to the grotto of Rasvani, the fire fiend in the heart of Mount Merope, and bring back some of the royal sulphur. That's the ingredient that makes the finest fireworks. Without that, no one can ever be a true firework maker. Ah, said Shulak, royal sulphur, Mount Merope. That's the volcano, isn't it? Yes, you pestilential boy. I've already told you far more than I should. This is a secret, you understand? Of course, said Shulak, looking solemn. I can keep a secret. And Lulshand had the uneasy feeling that he'd been tricked. Though he couldn't imagine why 